you have two hats in the business. You have your job, but you also have an owner's hat. And so as your profit goes up, so does your income. Right. But this only is true if you've adopted a scalable company paradigm. You're listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who want to escape the day-to-day grind while scaling their business to seven figures and beyond. And now, your hosts, Brian Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. Yet another episode of the Visionary CEO Podcast coming your way. I'm Brian Dick. Jill Giovanazzo is in the house. Jill, I think this is the episode I've been looking forward to all season. Well, you know, it's it's not too far into the season, so you have to haven't had to wait too long yet. Now, there's a couple more down towards the back end of the season that I'm looking forward to, but I do enjoy this one as well. It's yeah. it's going to be fun. This one's so good. This one, I, I'm going to spoilers a little bit. This one came Ooh, spoilers. <laughs> this one came from a Facebook discussion, which you know is one of my favorite places to find things to go on rants about. Last week on the show, we talked about the myth that scaling means you need a big team and that you need to hire all kinds of people. And we debunked that myth as we do. Mm-hmm. And really what it came down to is that a smaller team helps you get where you want to go and you can get there faster and with less stress. Yeah. Like really in the end, you should be looking five, seven people max per each million of revenue. That should be more than enough to get where you want to go. Especially if we're talking about full-time team members, right? I think there's another side to this myth around team building and scaling and all of that, because I see so many people talk about, oh, I need to be hiring people, I need to pay them. And so that sounds like there's going to be less left over for me. I'm going to get paid either the same amount or less. And now Mm -hmm. I have all this added responsibility on my shoulders. So why would I even want to do that? We often hear it as like this, you know, is it really worth it to have the big team and bring in more revenue? because I'm gonna have all these extra expenses. And in, in the end, like the, the idea, as you said, is that I'm just gonna end up paying myself just 100,000. And yeah, is it even worth it? Oh. Will I have even the profit? Like, yeah, like I got this million, I know people who are making a million or millions of dollars and they're still only paying themselves 100K. Is it even worth it? And I think that's exactly the problem, which is that you see this all over the place, especially in the online industry. You see it, for example, like we've seen all of the gurus rolling back, retiring, shuttering products, creating space for something new. Quote unquote, right? Right. Yes. It's like I'm shutting down my very popular offer because it's time for me to do something new. And of course, it's always framed as this like, ah, my soul is telling me to go pursue this new thing and I need to move in a new direction and, and yada. And actually behind the scenes, it's often that they've just worked themselves into burnout and they hate the business. And so they're just are like, I'm just going to quit and start something new. I will caveat that's not 100% of the time true. There are the occasional people that are doing well and actually doing that, but 90% of the time. Yeah, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it that's going on. And that's just what you see publicly. There's stuff behind Mm -hmm. the scenes that is even more of a mess. Yeah, like people skipping paying themselves, feeling like they've got so much responsibility for their payroll, the guilt that comes along with that, dipping into their retirement savings, this feeling and this, I want to say perception, and it is true, but that the team costs are going to get out of control. Yeah, like you're just going to be spending so much money and it's all just going to keep going out. And I I know people who's like, 
I got people who are relying on me so they can pay their mortgage and put diapers on their babies. And that's a whole lot of responsibility. And so when push comes to shove, yeah, they do skip paying themselves so they, they can pay their team. I, I can't tell you how many numbers of our clients I've had to coach through that exact mental block. Yeah of that guilt and the weight of that responsibility and, and how it serves is like this ongoing spiral mm-hmm. of the weight of the responsibility leading to the burnout, which leads to, and it just kind of keeps going deeper. It just deeper. builds on itself. It seems like there's no escape. When you talk to people or like you read books like Profit First and they're talking about how you should do it right. In Profit First, if you look at the fancy chart with allocations and all of that stuff on it, you may notice that the percentage of the amount of money dedicated to owner's comp goes down as the business grows, right? Maybe in absolute terms, if you do the math with that chart in Profit First, it's, oh, if I start making more than 250K, my owner's comp percentage goes down. And so now I'm all of a sudden making so much less money just to get past this threshold in my business. And that was one of the challenges you and I had with Profit First when we were looking at it and why we've adapted it for use in our business, because no, you shouldn't like, as soon as you start making a little bit more money, you shouldn't have to cut your pay in order to align to these I love Mike and I love Profit First, but they're arbitrary percentages. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I often call them as benchmarks. You yeah. Know, there's a, there's a starting point, but people take them as solid gold. Yeah. So, so right. all of this going on, the, the gurus shuttering down programs and people skipping paying themselves in order to make payroll, all of this stuff is going around in the ecosystem. And it led to this post on Facebook from our friend Tyler J. McCall of OnlineBusinessOwner.com. This is what he had to say. I wish more online business owners would accept that they want a lifestyle business, one that makes a certain amount of money and affords them a certain lifestyle and nothing more, instead of trying to build these seven and eight figure monsters of a business. Yeah. And Tyler's experience here is really relevant because he's just gone through this very publicly, right? He just did a whole thing on his podcast about how he took a summer sabbatical because he didn't love the way his business was growing. And now he's got onlinebusinessowner.com and they're really opening up that new vehicle for business. Tyler's comment spot on, right? But it was the comments on Mm. the post that really got me going. Yeah. Before we dive into the comments though, I want to to just touch on one thing with this idea of the lifestyle business versus building the monster business, the seven or eight figures. And it's one of those pieces that you can have both to a certain extent, but you have to decide to pick one first. You can't try and do both at the same time. Like one of the comments, for example, said, I'd rather make 500K and take 70% home than 5 million and take 10% home. This particular quote, got me because it's something I hear again quite frequently from our, our clients. I can tell you that above all else, I treasure my freedom and my sanity and my time. So I settled for a small audience and nowhere near a seven-figure business. Did you notice the phrase in there? Like, I settled mm-hmm. for a small audience. I settled for nowhere near a seven-figure business because it's either, this is the myth, right? It's either I get freedom, sanity, and time or I have a big audience and a seven-figure business, which was another quote that someone said was like, I am tired of learning from all of these seven and eight-figure earners who are unhappy AF, but they're smiling through gritted teeth. And it's like, why would we, 
Why do we want to learn from people who have big businesses and are miserable, right? And so what they're showing, right, is this idea of growing the business then means that I'm growing my unhappiness alongside it. Yeah, I think in that thread, there was someone that literally said that, right? Like, I've done that. I grew my business to multiple seven figures, and I just got more and more miserable as I did. So I, I think what this thread really shows is that there is a lot of proof and evidence out there that if you try and grow and scale your business to seven figures, you're going to make less, it's going to be more stressful, and you're going to be miserable. So why would you want to do it? So if that's the case, I think it's only natural that people are going to be like, okay, I need to stay where I am, small business, Mm -hmm. a few hundred thousand a year, super small, agile team, and just call it there. That's really the solution. I'm I'm laughing a little bit at the idea of super small and agile, but we'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't in this comment thread, but I remember seeing another comment elsewhere, which was like, every time I got my business to whatever point it was, I would just burn it down. I'd self-sabotage and I'd scale it back. I'd turn over my entire team and I'd get right back to where I was before And then I would just, the cycle would repeat, right? Because it's like, oh, I don't want to just stay at a few hundred K, but then I'm going to grow bigger, but that doesn't work. So I need to burn it down. And and eventually people get tired of the build it up, burn it down Mm -hmm. cycle. And they're like, I'm just going to stay where I am. And that's different than someone being a serial entrepreneur. I just want to put that out there. This isn't the serial entrepreneur that goes out, builds a business and sells something and then goes back and builds again because they enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, or they they go and literally sell their business and then they go and start the <laughs> next business because they can have all of this going on. And, and, and I think that's a really good transition because we've been talking about how there's all this evidence that scaling leads to a business that is unscalable and unsustainable and miserable. Unwieldy. Unwieldy, yeah, like all of those things. But that's actually based on a misconception. The real reason that people end up feeling like their business is going to burn them out or like they're having to work too hard and they're not getting paid enough as they scale is because there's a massive difference between building a lifestyle business and building a scalable company. And to explain that, I want to take us back in a time machine to an article I wrote several years ago, I pulled out of the archives about what the difference between those two things is. The difference between a lifestyle business and a scalable company is its relationship with the founder, not the outcomes it can provide. A lifestyle business, as I define it, is built around a person. Its central organizing principle is how everything, the team, the products, the financial structures, the marketing, relate to the founder. In this paradigm, the founder exists out in front of the business and decision making is based on the founder's lens. A scalable company, again as I define it, is built around its reason. Its central organizing principle is how everything, the team, the products, the financial structures, the marketing, etc. relate to that reason the purpose, the mission, the vision behind the company. In this paradigm, the founder exists as part of the company and the decision-making is based on the company's lens. Did you like that little trip down to memory lane? It wasn't so much you, it was the lovely intro music that you managed to find to go alongside it. Oh, I thought that was perfect. Like I said, I mean, we're going way back in time. I think it was like two years ago when I wrote that. (laughs) Way back in time, I I love this. 
But anyway, on to the actual topic of the quote, lifestyle business versus scalable company. It's not that the outcomes are different. It's not that one gives you a better lifestyle and more money than the other by definition. It's that they're fundamentally different ways of conceiving and structuring a business. At a certain point, you can have both. You can have the lifestyle you want and have that scalable business, mm-hmm. but you have to focus on one first, right? You can't scattershot this approach because otherwise you're going to end up spreading yourself too thin. So walk me through, you know, we talk about uh, team results and profit. Walk me through how those things work in a a lifestyle business. So in a lifestyle business, let's start with the team, right? You're the main member of the team and there may be some other people to help you out. I'll I'll go on a small soapbox here quite often. This is the make yourself a job group rather than the just having a business. You have a job for yourself and you're getting a little bit of support from contractors just to even things out. Yeah, I think sometimes the word job throws people off. I've also heard it called a practice. I've got a practice that I'm building and I have support people around me. Like I have a VA or a copywriter or a social media person, but it's my practice. It's still me that is the primary team member. Yeah, I I am the team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then so from a results perspective, because you are the team, you're the one building the product or you are the product, depending on what kind of delivery or service you have. And as such, you're the one solely who is responsible for getting results. Right. And then from the profit structure, right, the money that you end up making out of this team and out of these results is yours. Minus the expenses that you might have, right? This is that idea of, again, coming back to that practice. Everything coming in is yours, barring the little bit that goes out to pay expenses. Well, and I think the important thing there is the idea that the team is Mm -hmm. where money goes out rather than, as we'll talk about when we get to the scalable company model, the team is a profit center. The team is there to generate revenue. In a practice, it's pretty much your team is there because you're paying them to do stuff so you can have more time. And so in the end, if we pull these things together, this means that in the end, your decisions are based on what's best for you and the clients. Yeah. And if you happen to step away, then your business has to slow down or take a break or even eventually stop Yeah. as you're no longer the one doing all of the things. What's the exit strategy for a lifestyle business? The exit strategy for a life... Yeah, you, you retire, right? It's like, I'm no longer seeing clients. I'm shuttering my programs or courses. You just, I'm, I'm going to not do it anymore. A great example is a couple of local friends of ours who just sold their cafe. They had a cafe that they ran for 10 some years. Yeah. And it was, they were the primary, like the, the wife was the cook. The husband was the fellow that was doing all the front end and the servicing. They occasionally had part-time staff that might come in when they were busy, but that was it. Yeah. That was their lifestyle. Yeah. And they sold it. And now, like, if they hadn't have sold it, then they would have closed the business and that was retirement. And even in selling the business, it's not that their legacy is going to be continued on. It's essentially Mm -hmm. that business closed and a new one is opening. It just happens to be using the same name and location. The flip side of this is the scalable company. And I think one of the biggest differences is the way the team functions. So, In a scalable company, it's like the whole team is working together to get things done. You're leading the team, but you're a member of the team. I think of it like a sports team where the coaches are a part of that team and the players are all in it for each other and they're all moving in the same direction. It's, for lack of a better term, a a true team rather than a core person surrounded by a bunch of 
support staff. So like in a service-based industry, right, we'd be looking at a team made of an account manager and a designer and a developer, you know, various people yeah. who are all part of creating and delivering the results for the client. A membership group could have a head coach and some moderators, like it's a team working together to do all of the things. And then the extent to which you personally need to be involved in delivering those results can be as much or as little as you want it to be. You can be deeply involved in the delivery every day, or you can be completely uninvolved in the delivery, or you can vary between the two. You can be deeply involved, but then you go on vacation for a month and your team takes over and they run things while you're away. And it's amazing. Because in the end there, as you're creating this scalable business, the money that you're making that your team is making, it doesn't belong to you. It actually belongs to the company. And you're getting paid for what you do yeah. inside of the company. Yeah. Plus, if you want, you can also be compensated for the growth of the company through profit sharing. That's another piece of the coin. But it's like you wear an, you wear an owner hat and you can be compensated just for being an owner. And then you can be compensated, like you said, for the work you're doing. And a really good book on that subject is Simple Numbers by Crabtree. And he breaks down how that works in a really, I think, elegant way. But again, it's about how do we make the best decisions that are right for the the business, the for, for right, for our purpose, our, our vision, our mission, our values, and how those purpose, vision, mission, and values will support you and the team and the clients. In a lifestyle business, you come first, the business comes second. In a scalable business, the business supports you and the team. The business comes first and you are supported. They're very distinct. Yeah. And so what this ends up meaning, like we talked about decisions, if you happen to step away, like Brianne said, if you go on vacation, things keep going because your team steps in. Yeah. Right? And, and, and not doing all of the things. Daily operations are not based on you being there. Daily operations can happen whether you're there or not. That's the, the end goal of a scalable company. You don't just flip a switch and you're there. But that's the idea. Yeah, exactly. And even to the point of you take a step away entirely, the business keeps going, you could sell it, it still continues to have a legacy and an impact long after you're no longer involved. Yeah. Just because you build a scalable company doesn't mean you have to end up like these big multinational yes. corporate behemoths. Yeah, you don't have to turn corporate, you don't have to sell if you don't want to, you don't have to have a massive team, as we said in the previous episode, actually, the smaller team is better. Yeah, like, you don't have to do any of those things, you can build the scalable company and keep it. You can publicly. still have the lifestyle and the values you want yeah. expressed yeah. through this other through way of that. building a company. And, and that's the thing. So I know we'll probably, we'll circle back on this, but I, I just want to highlight this here because we are talking about these two pieces. What ends up happening and where this myth is coming from is because people are taking aspects of the lifestyle business and aspects of the scalable business and trying to smooch them together. I always hesitate to give exact numbers because it varies depending on business model and stuff. But let's say in general, until about 300,000 in annual revenue, you don't really need to decide if you're going to be going more lifestyle business or more scalable company. But once you start to get past that point, the biggest thing, as we said, is it starts to affect how you build your team, how you deliver your offers, how you think about the finances and the way you market, the way you sell, the way the, the way you do everything, the way you hire, the way you hire the way you like all of that, it all shifts. And so as soon as you're starting to think about these questions like hiring and team building, you need to get clear 
on whether you're going lifestyle business or whether you're going scalable company and not try and keep a leg in both worlds. Remembering again, you can have the same lifestyle and the same impact at the end, but how you get there looks very different. So we busted the myth of the whole lifestyle business versus scalable company. I think it's pretty clear that Jill and I both have a bias toward building scalable companies. It's because we see that as ensuring that you can achieve something that's a stable opportunity, a living wage for yourself, and also to creating opportunities to enrich the lives of your team members yeah. by offering those reliable salaries and that positive work environment that we've talked about in other episodes before that we are so very much yeah, impassioned by. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it's you that said it before or I've said it, we both said it at some point. Why should entrepreneurs be the only ones who get to have a good lifestyle? I actually feel a responsibility to be creating really great jobs and to be able to pay people really well and to be able to create work with like the workplace out there in general western society is broken right mm-hmm. just go on reddit and search anti-work and you will see how broken the modern world of work is why should people who have the skills the ability the like mental capability, physical capability, financial wherewithal, like how classist, ableist, sexist, all of the ists, how racist is it to say that only entrepreneurs, only people who can start their own business should be able to make a good living, have a good life, love their job. Why should you have to be an entrepreneur and do that? Okay, I guess I wasn't over yeah. my soapbox yet. It's embodied, that that whole concept that's embodied in the in our vision for the company, right? Is that every team member is empowered, every business owner loves their life, and every client gets results. That's what we want for everyone. Yeah, everyone, not just people in the online business space. Yeah. Just, just yes, to all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think what's so critical about this is realizing that just like the lifestyle business and the scalable company are different paradigms, that means they're different skills. And that mm-hmm. creating a scalable company requires you to learn different skills. And if you simply lean on the way others doing it, you will end up recreating the same messes that you see, whether it's the online business mess of a multi-seven-figure business that's burning you out, or the corporate mass of, you know, CEOs making hundreds of millions and people barely scraping by on minimum wage. If you don't learn the appropriate skills to build a scalable company in alignment with your vision, you're not going to get there. It's a very different skill set. So let's look at it from a compensation perspective, right? When we're talking about compensation, we're talking about two different perspectives or two different viewpoints, right? The first one is the money that you're getting paid for to work, get work done in the business. Yeah. So just that's work work done in the business. In the business, like your job in the business. Yeah, exactly. So if you were to hire someone else to do the work that you're currently doing, how much would they get paid? As an example, if you're spending most of your time writing copy, how much would you pay a copywriter? Or if you're managing projects, how much would you pay a project manager? Yeah. Coaching, same thing. That's the first viewpoint. That's the compensation place of salary. And that's where people end up saying, I'm going to have a million dollar business and I'm going to make 100K because the job I'm doing in the business is a 100K business. And if I didn't do it, someone else would do it for 100K. So that's the salary part. 
What's the other part of compensation? So the other part of compensation is you have to realize you have two hats, at least two hats in the business. You have your job, but you also have an owner's hat. And so the second viewpoint, the second perspective is the money you get paid for being the owner of the business. And this is based on profit, Mm -hmm. right? And so as your profit goes up, so does your income. Right. But this only is true if you've adopted a scalable company. If you're still thinking lifestyle business where it's all my money except the expenses, this paradigm doesn't work. And that's why it doesn't make sense to grow to these really big revenue numbers if you're still only going to bring the same amount home. The only reason that the math works is if you have a scalable company and you're going to be making however much money, the rather the company is going to be making that much money. You get, I was going to catch you on that. <laughs> you get paid a portion of that for the work you do or you get paid a portion of zero because you're not doing any work in the business. That's possible. But you are also compensated purely for being an owner of the business. Think about, uh, I hold shares in a major company. I don't work for the company, but I'm a part owner, which is why I get a dividend check in the mail every so often. That's the other way you get compensated, which is why, yeah, maybe you make 100K in salary from your business, but your potential earnings from that business are unlimited because it's just about as much as you want to grow. And that's where it's like, I can take that money for myself. I can give it away. I can invest it. I can share it, you know, do charity. Donate it. Charity. Exactly. So there's unlimited earning potential on the profit in a scalable company. It's just not about your personal salary anymore, which for me is much more freeing and actually more exciting over time, you're going to reduce the amount you pay yourself from the work you're doing in the business. And like we said, you can get your salary to zero so that over time you start just making money for owning the business, right? So you can actually go down to a zero salary and be making however much you want in terms of the actual income that you have for being an owner of the business. And so how do you know that you've got this right? That's over time. Yeah. What is it that we need to have in place What are the actual things that we need to have in place or that our our listeners need to have in place to help support them in making this step into being a scalable business if if that's the way that they want to grow? Yeah, I think the first sign that you're moving in the right direction is when you actually have a compensation plan that is based on the results that a particular position is building for the team, right? This is something we do with all of our Leaders Institute clients. We say, what's the actual job that's happening And what is the appropriate compensation for that? And really, you know, looking at compensation as a team-wide thing, and your job is to grow the the whole pie and make a bigger pie for everyone, not just to keep cutting yourself a bigger and bigger slice of a very small pie over time. Yeah, exactly. And in contrast to that, you also want to hopefully be seeing, or you might not, depending on the kind of, of person you are and how much you enjoy the work that you do, You might want to see your hours go down working in the business, Mm -hmm. going down over time, not working on the business, but working in the business and being down in the day to day. Yeah. So less time in the day to day as your profit increases, right? Less time working in the business, more profit. That's another sign that you are starting to make this shift into the scalable company paradigm. I think my favorite one is this last one here is that you don't have the desire to burn down the business. Yeah. Right. 
the stress isn't on your shoulders all the time. You don't have the weight and the pressure because you aren't the business, right? This is one, it's near and dear to my heart because it's something that I see our clients shift through a lot. Yeah, they come to us and they're like, I feel like this is all on me. All the pressure's on me. I think I just need to burn it down or they have burned it down and they can see the same problems starting to create themselves. And that's how we know that they haven't really started to build this scalable company because they want the idea of a scalable company, but they're still trying to build it like a lifestyle business. And so if that's the situation you find yourself in, you really ought to just head over to our website, go to visionaryceoacademy.com because we want to help you with this transition from lifestyle business to scalable company if that's the journey you want to make. So think about what the compensation plan looks like. Think about, am I working less in the business while my profit goes up? And think about what would it look like and what would it be like for me to have this business that could grow and be scalable and it would not be all on my shoulders and I wouldn't have the pressure of having to do it on myself. Yeah, go ahead, give that a try. Let us know how you make out. And then as always, we appreciate you being here and listening. We're looking forward to seeing you next week where we have a yet another myth to talk about. This it's like getting a, into the territory I like. Yeah, I was going to say, I think next week might be one of your favorites, but we won't spoil it. I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. So from the unceded territory of the Qualcomm First Nation, I'm Jill Giovanazzo. She's Brianne Dick. And thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time on the Visionary CEO Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, hosted and produced by Brianne Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. For more information about anything you've heard on the show, visit us on the web at visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast. You can keep the conversation going on social media too. Just use the hashtag visionaryceopodcast. This has been a Podcast Taxi radio production for the Visionary CEO Academy. Hey, it's Brianne here. I just wanted to let you know that everything we're talking about in today's episode is part of what we do with clients at the Visionary CEO Academy. We've got a great program for strategists, coaches, and other online business owners that helps you scale from low or mid six figures to seven figures and beyond quickly, sustainably, and profitably. But most importantly, while keeping your values and your vision front and center. So whenever you're ready, just head on over to visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast for more info and to get started.